Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Karen, a head of branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hey, Terry's Terry's sick. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Homesick with that baby. But we'll try to ask all the hard-hitting questions like Tara normally does. That's true. (laughs) She's our researcher. have interior designer Janie Malster. She is from Richmond, Virginia, where her business is, and your work has been featured in Traditional Home, House Beautiful, Southern Home, Southern Living, Coastal Living, The Wall Street Journal, just (laughs) everywhere. hasn't it been featured? Exactly. And you have projects all over the country, but from condos, historic historic projects, um, and even your own tiny little beach house, which I loved reading about in Southern Living. And um, we're thrilled to have you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I just think that your work is fun. It is. Like every room just feels fun, lighthearted, but beautiful, gorgeous antiques, gorgeous fabrics. But Mm -hmm. it's just like fun to look at and I'm sure live in too. Oh, well, thank you so much. I um. I love hearing that. I'm always, the question is always posed to me, what is your signature look? You know, what do you like? And I'm always stumbling. So <laughs> I love I love your feedback. Um, I did have someone on the editorial side just last week, uh, had to review an extensive group of my portfolio um, photography. And she came back to me and said, it's so pretty. It's so happy and so layered. And I said, oh, my gosh, thank you. I have my description (laughs) I've been searching for. But thank you very much. It is pretty. I I think that's a great word to use. Thank you. Um, And the layered part is true as well. I was surprised at how many rooms you you the, in your portfolio where you had multiple multiple rugs right people struggle even having rugs in adjacent rooms I you know, know they write right. in and ask us how do i yeah. coordinate that but you were so bold in putting you know three or four in one room right talk about that decision making right if well you don't mind. rugs and plates are a little bit of a, a sickness that i have oh um, you know i do <laughs> i love rugs i love to collect rugs and they're sort of a passion for me and i do feel strongly that you can, you know, have multiple rugs in a space, but they, they there has to be some sort of continuum of color and pattern. And mm. for example, if you have a beautiful antique rug with a center medallion in one area, you need an all-over print in a nearby one. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So while they, I don't like rugs that are the same, you know, mm-hmm. we like to, if we're going to layer we like them to be different, but have something that is connected. Mm-hmm. And that's almost always a color um, palette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and I also felt like, to your point, with a the layering, there were a lot of um, a lot of different finishes in a room. Like you would have a beautiful aged, you know, um, what is it called when it's a sconce that's just candle, like a candelabra wall sconce? A scans, scans, scans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the wall with a age sort of Swedish console, and then right. I, 
we get that question a ton too. Um, I'm sure. How do I mix finishes? What yeah. you know? Wood finishes. Wood in finishes. Mm-hmm. Even white finishes all in the room, and I, you do that beautifully and almost like um, with abandon, I guess. Yeah. Like it well, seems like you have a lot. You'll have. You'll mix a lot together. A lot of confidence. Yes. Yeah. Well, Very that good. is. I love hearing that. Again, believe me, it's so carefully choreographed. (laughs) Abandon. I I wish I could say it's done with abandon, but we think about it hard and we do, you know, we'll look at the schematics of a room. My team gets a little disgusted with this word, but everything might be, you know, incredibly slick and, you know, um, you know, very smooth and modern. And I'll say, I need something crusty. And mm-hmm. they're like, that's a bad word. <laughs> Can you say it? Well, but you, what I mean is that very chippy, beautiful sconce you were referring to yeah. with the paint sort of distressed and tons of layers of history and sort yeah. of a story behind it. So I, I do think um, that that is definitely our goal in our projects. Mm-hmm. I think the juxtaposition of the old and new together is so important. They they sort of shine more if they have a foil. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, Ballard Designs shoppers, I would say don't go to the catalog with Abandon, but actually look at your room and say, okay, I've got a beautiful mirrored coffee table and a mahogany, you know, cabinet on one side and you know, now I need that crusty, chippy piece with mm-hmm. a little bit of distressed finish. And that is going to make everything sort of sing a little better. Yeah. Well, I do mean that as a high compliment. And I know that it's not actually with abandon. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what they say about the ballet, though? It They they work really hard to make it look super well, right. easy. So right. So I, yeah. I appreciate that. I love, <laughs> love hearing that. Yeah. Well, I, it probably makes people feel better knowing that it's not so easy. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. It's not they as need... simple as it looks. Yes. So if they're yeah. struggling, there's a reason. It is right. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I I think that you can't look at your portfolio without talking about color. Right. Oh, yes. And pink. And pink. Oh. You love a little pink. Yes. I'm a pink girl. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> Do you want to? Well, okay. Uh, reading your House Beautiful um, article, which your house was in House Beautiful in March. Yes. And you you talk a lot about pink, in particular, why you chose pink for your house. So I was curious if you could kind of... Oh, I, I know. I do love that story. <laughs> uh, well, I, I love pink. I grew up and my mother's favorite color was pink and sort of the tones of pink that she and I are drawn to are very different. But I definitely, and I, I referenced that in the story, I was it was dripped on me from day one. Uh, so... so It is my palette. I think people look really good in pink. (laughs) I think people will look beautiful in pink rooms. So so there's a reason, too. But why I really was able to pull off a lot of pink in the lower level of my home is I am the mother of five. And Which I, I was shocked about. <laughs> well, it's Ugh. it's fabulous. I, you know, I'm so lucky and blessed. But my I was having my fifth child, and we were moving into a new house at the same time. And I said to my husband, I'd always, and I'd always had pink accessories, and sure, but I said, you know, I really want to sort of go for this pink thing if I'm going to raise this child in a fraternity house, you know, We've got to amp up, you know, the girl power thing here. <laughs> and so, you know, God love that man. You know, he said, you go for it. You know, you yeah. do whatever you want. And when I, some of my um, older boys now, when we look back and they, they will be reading press about our home or my projects, 
And they'll say, gosh, I never even knew I grew up in a pink house. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. It was just, we, it was what we always knew, what we always had. So, um, you know, they, they went with it, you know. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, that's sort of the backstory why I was given free reign. <laughs> you have <laughs> to four do it. boys. I have four boys and a daughter. Yeah. My I, gosh. I know. <laughs> yes. I can imagine. Yeah. Especially if your daughter was last, yes. you're pregnant, you're like, oh, I'm going to have I got to do something here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Is it a hard sell for husbands other than your husband? Definitively hard. And I always go in and um, I tell a little personal story when, um, you know, about my own master bedroom. And I, I say, you know, my husband, you know, sleep, lays his head next to a pink velvet headboard every night. And I always tell him it takes a real man to do that. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that the men kind of look at me, my male clients, they go, mm, nice husband. Yeah. <laughs> not Still not sure. But um, we've done it a few times. But, you know, I, I think I, I love, you know, having just been, um, you know, in some industry uh, events in here in Atlanta and hearing so much about color is back, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like color has always been here mm-hmm. and, uh, but color is back. So, you know, maybe, you know, pink and all of the beautiful warm tones that I think are so delicious and interiors, you know, have more of a chance now to shine. Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed on that. Right. You do use a lot of pink and you use a lot of feminine antiques, but you also do use a lot of yeah. masculine shapes, clean lines, geometrics, woods, geometrics. Yeah. yeah. So, and you mix the geometrics, which in my mind, when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do a stripe and a geometric and a floral. You know, I wouldn't think, okay, let's do like three or four geometrics together, but that looks great. Oh, well, thank you. I, um, you know, again, it's it's really more of a balance of scale. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have that in mind and, you know, we lay all, all of this out on schematics and study for a long time and we may increase scale or shrink scale, but... But when you're pairing even florals together, multiple florals or multiple geometrics or things in the patterns in the same genre, the big thing is to is to change that. And so uh, we focus on that. But um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm certainly not completely over the top in that more is more, but um, but a little bit like the more you put in there as far as layering, the more windows are open for you to put more. That is why the very clean, um, you know, uber contemporary, uh, you know, spaces are more difficult. Right. You know, everything's edited down and you put one accessory in a space and everything changes. Whereas mm-hmm. with a more layered interior, you know, you, you're, the, the doors are open to keep adding. Right. I don't know that we've ever really had T- touched on yeah, that. Yeah, framed mm-hmm. it that way. But it's true. Yeah. When it's... When, I guess it's kind of like if you're only wearing a black dress. Yeah. And you it better be fabulous. Belt. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It better be fabulous. Or if you're going to add an accessory, like, you can't just choose something. You have to, like, it's going to be the star then. Right. Anyways. Right. Okay. I also want to talk about, I feel like you might be a little obsessed with upholstered headboards. <laughs> you love an upholstered headboard. I, I do know. too, girl. I, yeah, I do. And, you know, I, I'm sort of, my design, We're one of our big mantras is comfort. And I, you know, they are the most comfortable. And mm-hmm. I do really love wood frames, but I'm always looking for the beautiful wood framed headboard that has a, an upholstered, you know, center. <laughs> um, so it really just comes back to comfort. And I also, you know, we have a great sort of in-house 
you know, upholsterer that we can create any shape or any height. And, you know, we love to overscale it and you know, seven feet tall and all of that. So a lot of beds that are available for purchase, we don't have that opportunity out there in the market right. for something that could be yeah. seven feet tall. So it's more about availability, but I do, it, it all falls back to comfort. You know, we're, we're, that is maybe third in line mm-hmm. as far as what we are trying to achieve. And um, our clients, it's client feedback. Right. People mm-hmm. love their upholstered headboards. And now with all of the new introduction of fabulous fabrics that are so tough, you know, the Kryptons and all mm-hmm. the fabrics that, you know, look like, you know, linen silk velvets that are actually, you know, polypropylene or whatever. Uh-huh. It's yeah. magic. Know, that, that it is. It's changed our changed our whole business. But uh, so with that, you know, a, a head, you're leaning against this every night, so it has to be tough. And now with that, it, it seems like people are more open to it. So mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out if there was a pattern in your work where, you know, you always were doing the pattern on the headboard or the solid on the headboard, but there isn't. Right. I mean, you're going both ways, which I love. Yeah. I thought it was great. And so many um, twin beds. You've got yes. a lot of projects with twin beds, which mm-hmm. I thought were fabulous yeah. because the the upholstered headboard made those rooms and i'm assuming they're for kids maybe they're for guests right but it made them feel so much more elevated than just like a twin kids room yeah i do use twin headboards it's funny i i did a little blog post um a couple of years ago and on my own website and it was titled in defense of twins because i have so many people sort of push back on that in my own home, it was, I have five children. They have a lot of friends. I'm from a big family. So is my husband. So it was really driven by, I need to sleep so many people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. uh, that was the sort of beginning. And then my boys began to get so tall, you know, several of them are well over six feet and they would complain. I find, you know, what you good to remember is that a king bed is two extra long twin beds. So I switched out all of my twin beds to extra long, and that sort of problem went away. All of a sudden, the complaints stopped. People actually like sleeping in twin beds. Um, you know, you if you have a girl party, two girls don't mind, you know, sharing a twin exactly. bedroom. But boys do not. But, you know, yeah, boys are not going to, yeah. to sleep in the same bed. So that was really driving it. But when you walk into a room, we always try to orient our bedrooms so you're walking in looking at a bed because that's generally the prettiest thing in mm-hmm. a bedroom. And to walk in and look at two of those, I mean, the symmetry and people love pairs. I, I don't need to tell you all that. So it is uh, visually very engaging and very pleasing. So um, I like the way they look. It's a great function if you, you are like me. And you need a place for people to mm-hmm. sleep, and um, they look awesome. But yes, we do. You know, our head love upholstered headboards, mm-hmm. and and some of those rooms, which are children's rooms, but some are just guest rooms. Right. Well, and it seemed that they really transitioned well from a young child. Yes. To head into college. Yes. Uh, I think was it your daughter's room that you gave as an example that yes. you were like, I did this when she was five, and she yes. just left for college. Same room. Yes. It looked fabulous. I know. Now, of course, we tweaked their. A lamp or two or something. You know, there are a few things. The bedding's obviously changed over the years, but um, but the basics, the you know, curtains and the um, headboards and 
I guess there were balances over the right. beds and stuff. That's all been the same. And I, uh, I'm i so drawn when I go to a design center and I look at, you know, the Winnie the Pooh prints and these fabulous, you know, very juvenile prints. And I just have to say no. <laughs> you know, SpongeBob. Because, yeah, you know, that will that will not convey. So maybe, yes, on, on sheets or a pillow on the bed. But if you can just pull back on that and realize that, precious little, you know, baby is in three or four short years going to be saying, why is there a bunny on my wallpaper, mm-hmm. you know, and, and holding flowers, you know? <laughs> um, you know, so I we really do try hard to have rooms that will transition. And certainly they don't need to last till they go to college, but it's great if they can last until they're, you know, seven or eight. And, and then we really do love, my favorite is to bring a person that age into our office and have them sit down and then let them talk about what they like. Like, and to get them involved. Of course, we have had a prequel conversation with mom and dad on budget and <laughs> mm-hmm. what they really want, and we can help sell that as well. But um, those are such fun meetings, and, yeah. and they really oh my gosh, get into I the process. It. Yeah, and it's very fun. Well, who has a better imagination than a kid? Yeah. You know, so. But I would assume you would get crazy stuff. Like, <laughs> I want a rodeo, you know, right, or right. I want to live in a teepee or something. <laughs> Well, if you if you have everything out, you know, at your meeting, your stacks of options, that's sort of what we do after conferring with mom and dad. So, you know, they'll just be sort of rummaging. And, um, and you know, then parents have said to us that if they are, feel a little bit invested in their space, they are a little more careful and they're proud of it. And, you know, fingers oh, crossed, sweet. they take a little care, more care. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's sort of like a you know our fun meeting day. Yeah. Well, plus, kids are so tactile. I'm sure if you give them like a little swatches and little things to play with, they probably think that's great. Yes. Fun. Yes. Uh-huh. I I think this is so fabulous. Yeah. If I was a kid, I would have been so. I was a kid once, but you know, <laughs> if that had happened to me when I was a kid, I just would have been over the moon. Well, I think it would be a great strategy. Yes. If- any of our listeners are about to read to their kids' room and they're trying to figure out how to maybe sell their idea, maybe that's a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Take a picture, you know, get pictures, yes. get fabric samples, and maybe do two, three options and then give um, them cho- So they feel like they have a choice, but within the choices a range, are, of yes, course, yes. Yes. As, yeah. a, as a graphic designer by trade, I will give this piece of advice. Never show any design you don't like because that's the one they're going to pick. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I know. I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay. Have I told you this um, Walt Disney hairy arm story? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds applicable. Okay. <laughs> I get, there's a point, I promise. Um, so there was, there was something on NPR. This was years ago. So I could try to find it. But the general gist of the story was um, – at Walt Disney, the cartoonist would, they knew that every time they presented a cartoon, the powers that be would have some feedback that they would dislike about the cartoon. Mm-hmm. So they would, and they sort of wised up to um, general things that the, you know, powers that be didn't like. So on every design they would present, they would put hairy arms. They would put little hairs on the arms of the cartoon character. And then they would present the 
design the cartoon to the people and they would say it looks great just take off the hairy arm just take off the hair <laughs> and then you're done it looks great and so they basically knew that they're uh, gonna want to offer they're gonna change something yes so if so they were intentionally adding things they they knew <laughs> yes just so that they would then get exactly what they wanted yeah Manipulative smart. and smart. I like it. <laughs> Me too. Um, anyways, so here you okay, go. Okay, so it's well, the hairy arm routine. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get back to your point about pairs because I do think people... Symmetry? Think it, mm-hmm. Yes, well, uh-huh. symmetry, but don't just buy one. Buy two. You know, if mm-hmm. you find a great lamp that you're in love right. with that's really special, don't just buy one of them, even if you might balk at the price a little bit because... Two is so much more impactful. So maybe talk about why you love pairs. And Yes. I, I have a hard time ordering or buying one lamp because exactly to your point, I'm always thinking. And in my life, I, I guess I'm extremely uh, green because I'm a constant recycler of things in my own mm-hmm. home. So things move around into different rooms and something that was in a family room, might, lamps might end up in a bedroom somewhere else. And so pairs, I, I completely agree with you. If, if you find it and you love it, get two. Um, the only time I really find myself buying onesies, particularly in a lamp, is if I find some beautiful antique lamp, mm-hmm. you know, some Murano crystal thing that has landed by itself at a great antique store. And I will do that. But um, in pairs in general, you know, we all of us here in the design field know that Symmetry is the thing that your eye is so drawn to. It it makes us innately happy. It's sort of pleasing. Uh, we so we are all striving for that. If you have two of something, symmetry is more attainable. Yeah. So uh, you know, always have that in the back of your mind. And as any you know designer, you know would tell you once you have symmetry taken care of and it's done and it's exactly perfect, mess it up. You mm. know, put one odd thing in there to throw it off and mm-hmm. and kind of give it a little bit of interest. So um, that's sort of where we start. And then sometimes you get rooms that just it's not attainable. You know, you can't you can't get symmetry architecturally. So right. if you have pairs of something that you can create it, to create a place for your eye to go that seems like a center line of something, um, you know, it's going to be a better, the room's going to work better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, people are going to be happier in it. Like you Um, can kind of camouflage the mistakes. And that is what I always say to my dear architecture, architect friends is that, you know, I can fix the problems that you've given me with good design. (laughs) You know, you can't fix bad design. Right. You know, you can't hide bad design, but good designers can hide, you know, architectural glitches. So, um, and so we we are always um, wrestling that down. Yeah. Why are architects making ugly rooms? That's what I want to know. And some of them are renovations <laughs> or historic homes or the right. way something was built. And, uh, you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, if you're in a, you know, um, you're constricted by a footprint mm-hmm. or, um, you know, space and you're trying to get down your bucket list of needs, sometimes it just happens. Mm-hmm. But good design is definitely can be a fix for um, difficult architecture. Yeah. I do want to talk, since we are in the holiday season, I wanted to talk a little bit about Christmas decorating. Because there were two houses that I saw that you did that um, that were all decked out for the holidays. And something I particularly loved about it is neither were red and green. 
Right. None, like, you know, there was a lot of, um, un- you know, pinks and <clears throat> blues and, and chartreuse, which right. I guess is green, but it's yeah, not but your it's traditional Yeah, it's a fun, fresh green. green. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So talk about how you, I mean, and how do you decorate a pink house for the holidays? Oh, gosh, it's so easy. <laughs> pink, pink looks so good with green. So, uh, no, we... You know, decorating for the holidays for me is so simple. And I do go into homes at Christmas where I can tell, you know, they have, you know, incredible collections of Christmas um, accessories and the Christmas pillows come out on the sofa and all of that. And, and I love it. It, it. It's hard for me. For me I and for my clients, I tend to dial that back a bit. And I do have a few things that are over the top, and then the rest of it is sort of quiet. And I think, honestly— now that I'm actually saying that and listening to myself, that's probably how I try to treat design in general. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything cannot be, you know, the star of the show. Mm-hmm. Give, give a few places for your eye and your mind to go and then um, let that thing sort of stand alone. And in my house and in my client's house, often it's the tree. You know, we we go kind of crazy on the tree. My personal home, I don't have a house that a tree that has children's handmade ornaments and then the designer tree. It's all jumbled in one big hodgepodge of a tree that I can't ever find a tree with enough limbs. So my <laughs> my limbs are dripping right. and um, sort of that's my thing that I do. But um, so to your point about color, uh, I don't think um, red and green are necessity. I think what is is key is greens. So I'm so about the greens in a house. And if you live somewhere where you can, you know, walk into your backyard and clip magnolia or poet's laurel or holly or whatever, fabulous, go for that. If you don't, or, you know, we actually have clients that are allergic to that and, oh my gosh, they're just the best looking faux greens now. Right. So yeah. you, you can get that look. And we tend to really focus on bringing the greenery, not just adorned on your wreath, on your door, but bringing the greens inside. So we often buy exterior wreaths and hang them, you know, on mirrors or, you know, mm-hmm. on a big bay window. Um, and we will layer the greens, you know, rather than, you know, if you buy the you know, beautiful fur or boxwood wreath, we'll layer it with another type, you know, of green, just to, mm. just like we layer interiors with finishes, we'll right. layer greens. Uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in ribbon and go to your craft or hobby store or whatever and just buy the beautiful bolts of beautiful wide wired satin ribbon in your color choice, but pick your color palette. So uh-huh. if, if you're going to have a lot of greens and you, you sort of look at your house. What if your mm-hmm. house is salmon and, you know, a yummy um, sort of um, light blue? What if that is your color palette? Then you'd go to the store and you'd pick salmon or you'd pick a beautiful light blue and that would be your ribbon, you know, and you would take that and mm-hmm. that mixed with natural greens has a complete Christmas look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I do it to enhance the design of a house, not to enhance, you know, the hallmark color palette. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so um, anyway, that's how we start. And then, you know, we take it on down to tabletop. You know, when we're setting our tables for the holidays, if if you've used that, um, if, you're, if pink is your ribbon color, accent color of choice, then the tabletop fruits, which I do tend to use natural things like fruits and vegetables and greens on the table too, we'll probably use pomegranates or something. Mm-hmm. So we'll yeah. pick fruits in the same palette. 
So it's really just picking a palette that makes your house look good and then just taking it to holiday type um, accessories. That makes sense. I like that. Totally makes sense. Easy. Do you change your color palette? Yeah. Year to uh, year? No, not really. <laughs> um, I do have, you know, big boxes of ribbon. And, uh, you know, I went through a thing where instead of, you know, having a pink ribbon on my door, you know, I kind of went for white and green and sort of just, you know, eliminated that accent color. Mm-hmm. And that was great. Um, I kept that. I'll do that again. Um and at one year I did white and ivory, but my go-to, and then one, you know, I've, I've done the range of pinks. I've done a pretty sort of petal, you know, pastel pink, and then I've done fuchsia. And uh, so, yes, I, I guess I do. <laughs> I, I would but say you don't no. switch it every year. You just use it until you're kind of tired of it. Yeah, and, then and I save it, and sometimes I'll rotate mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. And um, I do keep all those things, and I find, oh, and then one year I did uh because I was just looking at that box visually and remember all that I had did gold and kind of an acid green. Mm. And uh, they, that, but I, the, the trick is if you have that color festooning down your stair rail and the ribbon running through your tree, then that color also needs to connect to the wreath hanging on the door, you uh-huh. know, just keep it consistent. And yeah. um, it doesn't, because Christmas can clutter a house. Yes, yeah. it can. And you're going to have a ton of people. You're going to have family rolling in. You need to be entertaining. So, you know, it. Chris, you need to work Christmas in so it doesn't, um, your house still shines. Yeah. I have two Excellent. questions. Yes. One. Okay. Since you do have hodgepodge tree, which I have hodgepodge tree, mm. you use the ribbon to unify that with the rest of your decor. Yes, smart. It helps, and so we, you know, go crazy with lights because that's a curse of every designer. You know, there aren't they can't get enough lights on a tree, right? No, <laughs> and um, and then my next layer. Oh, I even, you know, well, I would probably wouldn't tell my client to do that, but I have a little, you know, construction paper, you know, uh, garland that my daughter made for me as a child that I've saved. Now I will tell you when I helped her and gave her the construction paper i picked the palette of, of the construction paper so we even mix that with beautiful satin wired ribbon you know and i think when you're doing a tree you know if you have multiple garlands you know to rotate some in a circular pattern around the tree and then the next layer needs to layer from the top vertically down you know oh. and you can actually layer that we love doing that but um but yes, <laughs> okay. The answer to that, I do. No, I was just thinking. I need to go in and like truly study and like screenshot your trees because I have tried to put ribbon on my tree and I find it to be so hard yeah. to make it look like what we were talking about, where right. make it look effortlessly flowing. It's right. It's not easy. not as easy as it looks. Yeah. Do you have any like? Yeah, I like well, that tip you just gave, but maybe if you sure. Can... Yeah, well, if you do do the vertical, you know, ribbon, uh, start at the top and and. You know, be very rigid, get it, you know, completely symmetrical. Make sure, you know, if you're starting at the top of the pyramid, you know, you're spacing it all correctly. And it goes straight and down. And then mess it up. And okay. then, like, push it in in different places and kind of just like I talked about messing up the symmetry. Mess it up a little bit so it looks a little more organic. Mm-hmm. And, um, okay. and do all this before you layer your ornaments because your ornaments are obviously last. And when you put your ornaments on, that's going to mess up a little stuff anyway. You'll mess right. up your garland that way. And cover up bits of it too, yeah, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, Does it drape at the bottom? Or well, do you I always do it, it extra long because okay. I know I'm going to push it in and um, then I'll cut it at the very end. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Do you like, do you buy your ribbon at the craft store? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And then there's some sources online, you know, if you're looking for sort of a you know, funky color. But um, yeah, I, I do. I And sometimes, you know, I love to go in January when all the ribbon is practically free. Yeah. And um, and I'll buy just tons of ribbon. And if I find I haven't used it in my decor, you know, I'll use it the next year for wrapping presents right. or something. But that yeah. was my second question. Does your gift wrap coordinate with your decor? Okay. True confessions? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> in photo shoot styling, of course. You know? Right. Yeah. So if you, you look at my trees on, online, of course they do. And there's some years where I'm more organized than others and, you know, it, and I do a better job. But, um, but, but the reality is, but, you know, if you pick what you like, Typically, you're going to find out, you know, that you are drawn to the same type of wrapping. So sometimes it it appears as if it's coordinated, but that's just consistency in the wrapping that I like. Right. Um, you know, my my favorite sort of go to thing is paper craft paper, mm-hmm. and, and then you know, pretty special ribbon. Um, so you know, that's always if I you know run out, you know, yeah. dash to the store for ten rolls of craft paper. But here's a good tip. What? If you use the butcher block paper mm-hmm. from like Home Depot, mm-hmm. I think especially if you have kids, kids' toys are always huge, huge and right. unusually shaped. And butcher block paper, even from Home Depot, is like several inches longer, a wider, Good wider than regular yeah. gift wrap. So if you have a giant box, mm-hmm. it's great. It does help. Strategy. And it's like 8 million yards long. So I do like the know. butcher block paper. Yeah. It does look great under the tree with fun ribbons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm looking at this tree that you did with the acid green. And yes. you're right. Like you've, some ribbons are sort of spun so on the way down into yes. like a little, almost like a candy cane swirl. Right. And then some are straight down. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try the strategy this year. <laughs> I am Send too. Picks. Yeah. I want to see the tree, your tree. <laughs> and it do, the ribbon does tie in with the room, which really is, it makes it look designery, even if it was shoved full of. My kids' kindergarten ornaments, right? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which it will be. <laughs> and we even have we even have our own ornaments as kids. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, of course, my mom was like, "And these are yours yeah, now. Take it. Oh, I don't well, want this on my chain." Okay, okay. So I am such a you know that they are my favorite thing. I always complain. You know, I've spent hours on this tree or days and nobody's helped me and my family, yep. you know, fires back and they say, you won't let us help you because <laughs> they'll go to the box of my children. I'm like, don't touch that. <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. But I haven't given them away because it really is my, you know, favorite thing at Christmas, standing on that ladder at one o'clock in the morning, drinking eggnog and unpacking all those little children ornaments. So, Kudos to your mom for parting with them. I, I'm a hoarder. I can't do it. How old is your oldest? At 33. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he has a beautiful Christmas tree, and he would love to <laughs> have them. And his wife would love to have them, I'm sure, but no. Well, no. I do my version of what you're doing, which yeah. is I sit with a glass of wine while my children do it. So yeah. I see each one as they pull it out, yeah. and we talk about it and look at it. Yeah. But they do the work. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, you, you, you are a freer person than me. I'm, I'm proud. Well, your tree's prettier. <laughs> well, know. you can always be like, you're tall. You can get up there. That's I right. Yeah. Well, they kind of fight over certain ones, which is kind of funny. That's, That's cute. sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I look in, in magazines and on television at families that, you know, are sort of all in on it. And it's really sort of my thing. Now, my husband, he does do the heavy lifting on the front end with lights and the what lights, have you. Oh, yeah, so God love him. I wish my husband did the lights. <laughs> the lights yeah. are the worst Because I'm obsessed part. about them, right? Just yeah. like you. Oh, they have yeah. to be amazing. That's what makes your tree glow. Yeah. yeah. And a trick on that, I always tell people, Ooh. 
they say, when is enough? And I'm like, you know, get several feet back from your tree and squint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just see if, if the blur, dark spots. if there are any places that you can see. Um, and and I learned, and then I started walking out, you know, my front door out on the street and squinting. And at that point, we knew I was really losing it. Uh-huh. <laughs> She's <Stop>. crazy. <laughs> but, I know, but and fun. then turn the lights off and look at it to see where you're missing ornaments. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I'm gonna, I will try that. Okay. Yeah. My college roommate taught me that. <laughs> Laura. Yeah. I, you know, we bought our, I think I talked about this in an old episode, but um, we rebought our lights this year and they're, they're like more blue. Mm, and I LED. really hate it. Gosh, yeah. But I, do they have lumens listed on Christmas tree lights? I wonder if they do. Probably. And I made the mistake of sending Will to the store to get the lights. Uh-oh. So <laughs> we'll make that again. But I probably won't buy Christmas lights for another 10 years. So you can't live with blue lights. Think of the investment. It's like 50 bucks, maybe. Lights are expensive. They're like $7 <laughs> a string. You bought yours like 15 years ago. <laughs> they're, they're more than seven a string? Yeah, they're kind of expensive, I think. Okay. Another, mm. go to the store in January yeah. and get yeah. your beautiful warm okay. colored lights right. for next year. They're yeah. free. Practically. I did last yeah. year. Some listener listened to my me griping about my lights. <laughs> <laughs> And told me to get a dimmer, and I did do that, and it oh, helped a right. lot. Wow! You can just—it's just a little like ten-dollar dimmer on Amazon, and you just plug the lights into the dimmer before they plug into the uh, extension cord, mm-hmm. and you can change it. So that I love very that. Helpful. I need to get the remote control for my lights for the Smart. Christmas tree. You know, on do and you off. all sell that at Ballard? No, Amazon. Well, you should. we should. not we? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. right. Uh huh. But we should make all of our Christmas trees come with a remote. a remote. <gasps> Brilliant, Caroline. <laughs> we'll have to leave this and go tell merchandise. <laughs> All right. I think we should answer some questions. Oh, a decorating yes. dilemma. Will you help us? Yes. This is a good one. Oh, this is from Jade, who is adorable. First of all, Jade, I totally cyberstalked you and got on Zillow. And looked at your new house. It was so cute. She's like 25 and just bought this adorable house. And she's getting ready to decorate it. And she needed some help. So she says, hello. Ballard has been my guilty pleasure since I was a girl, stealing and folding down the corners of my mother's catalog. (laughs) I long for the day when I could decorate my own home. Well, that day has arrived. The first, uh, This first house of mine has presented a few design challenges, but none so challenging as the bedroom upstairs. Why? Dormer windows, and not the cute kind with the window seat where one might read a book all day. No, the wall-obstructing awkward kind that have that make having a headboard nearly impossible. Since I've come to terms with tossing my cast iron headboard, I need help with what to do next. Do I go bold and wallpaper all those awkward angles, embracing the choppy space, or go neutral to smooth out and distract away from the lines? And window treatments? Where do you even begin? I've scoured the internet for inspiration photos to no avail. Any insight from my favorite Ballard gals would be of great assistance. I should note, the pictures below only show one side of the master, but the opposite wall poses the exact same issue. The bed pictured is a king. And so I think these are photos from the online listing. These, This isn't yes. even her furniture. So she does have this little attic bedroom with dormers, and between all the dormers are windows. Mm-hmm. What should she do? Okay, well, <laughs> surprise, Jamie. Yeah, get to no. work. Um, so I, if, if budget allows, I love her idea of wallpaper. I mean, this is a very attic, Evie kind of feeling space. And we always, if, if a client is open to wallpaper, 
uh, recommend that. As a matter of fact, I would not only wallpaper the angles and the eaves, but do the ceiling, do all of it. Because if she doesn't do the entire room, what's going to happen is she's going to end up with the way the eaves, you know, angle in, she's going to end up with this weird little small space that if that is separate, it will shrink visually the room. Mm -hmm. So she needs to pick a wallpaper and, and a good installer that can take that pattern and wrap front to back is how she'd start. Is there a pattern that's better than another, you know, an Oliver floral or a geometric or a stripe in, yeah, a, in a room yeah. like this? Um, well, a stripe could be, or a vertical pattern could be really fun because, you know, depending on what it is, she could run it, you know, up the eaves vertically and then take the pattern sideways on the top to create sort of a cabana tent effect. Mm. So, uh, you know, there's all kinds of fun ways to play with wallpaper. But I do think this room would be transformed with wallpaper. And then she's got these um, funky little, you know, trimmed doors to fix fit the attic eaves. And I think they are so fun and sort mm -hmm. of um, filled with personality. And I can't see if they have paneling or not, but they almost look like flat panel doors. In which case, um, you know, depending on her color palette, it would be so fun to accent them. I mean, she could wrap them in a fabric and put a really fun stud pattern on them to make them sort of be a great architectural piece. Mm -hmm. uh, the mm -hmm. other thing, what they need to do is they need to be treated in something that connects to the wallpaper pattern so that you don't end up with, in this case, too big white spots right. on that side of the room. Right. Right. Even if she does nothing um, other than taking the ground color of the wallpaper and treating the trim and doors the same. Got it. Mm -hmm. So that is just more of a blend. And then, you know, I do think she's a little bit stuck. She's going to end up with a low headboard. She's probably going to need to do an upholstered one there. Uh, and then I think the best thing for the windows behind her bed are a remote control blind because getting in there to raise and lower them, I think will really, you know, yeah, eventually be problematic for her. And on the odd window, she can do whatever she wants. She can do floor to ceiling curtains. You know, she can right. treat that separately because it really isn't another place. And it doesn't uh, have to match. It doesn't have to match. And it's yeah. different as well. These are double hung versus <laughs> a single hung. Um, but it's a cute room. I mean, it has so much potential. And I think, you know, the wallpaper would just be a game changer. Right. Yes. It feels I love so light and bright. Okay, I have a crazy idea. Oh. <laughs> what is it? For a headboard. Okay. So for people who can't see, the king bed is centered sort of in this dormer. And so two really um, angled piece, like kind of pieces of the dormer are cutting into the bed. So part of the bed has you know maybe six feet above it but part of the bed only maybe has like six inches above it mm -hmm. where it before it hits the angle part right so my weird thought was what if she has a custom headboard made to where it starts like right below the top of the dormer comes up like in a swoop above so right. sort of so it makes so a little she, arch yeah so she kind of gets the feel of like a right. arched headboard but it, it's tall where the window is. Maybe right. it covers a little bit That's of the That's a window. fun idea. And then yeah. swoops down. It started, I was very skeptical when you started that <laughs> idea. I was like, this is going to be ugly. And now I can envision it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean I, definitely the wallpaper is going to look yeah. freaking killer. Uh -huh. So I definitely like that idea. And if she can only do one or the other, then I would say do the wallpaper. But, but you can you, do it in phases. 
Yeah, and you may even right. actually find a king headboard. I know our But Camden. she doesn't – she might not have a king. This is from That's the – Yeah, she might have a queen. She's, a, she's a young single apply. girl. Same rule would apply regardless mm-hmm. of your bed size. And you may be able to find a bed a headboard that kind of fits yeah. depending on, you know, yeah. you really get out your measuring tape. But um, having a headboard made is really not that expensive. No, it's not. So, yeah, I mean – and if you're handy, Jade, you might be able to do it yourself. Yes. I mean, if you've got a jigsaw and some padding and some fabric. Yes. To be handy, though. So, you Jade, do. this is so exciting, though. I She's know. like 26 and has her first house. I don't think there's anything more charming than a bedroom with dormer windows where it's all treated well. Where did I make up you her know? age? I don't think she's told us. <laughs> <laughs> I've made up know. a whole personality for Jade. Like <laughs> I was judging my own children, and why aren't they having their homes? <laughs> All right, um, one one more. Yes, if yeah, are y'all game for one more? Are you game for yes. one more? Okay, of this one's from Lauren. She just recently discovered the podcast, and it is everything. She put in all caps. Thank you, Lauren. We love you. My family and I moved into our new house. It's a '70s build. About six weeks ago, and she's itching to make it hers. The room I'm currently struggling with is the family room. It opens on one side to the entry, and on the other side to the dining room. The furniture in there now is stuff I had on hand already from our previous house, but none of it feels right. We have a small list of to-dos like retiling the fireplace, adding built-ins around it, and possibly closing off the space above it. Uh, Would love your thoughts on furniture placement and or new pieces, drapery, etc. I'm itching to get started, but feeling stuck. Help. So it is a room, like just say it's a rectangle. There's a sort of a double opening on one of the walls. The long wall, uh, which looks like it goes to the entry. I can't tell. Oh, dining room. I think that's the dining room. And then there must be another door we can't mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's a small door to the entry. And then a long bank of windows on the long wall uh, mm-hmm. that opposes the one that has the entry to the dining room. So furniture placement she's struggling with, looks like. Right. Um, well, one thing I... Uh, you, I can't see if there's room, but if there is room on the other end of the sofa, I think if she put another chair there, mm-hmm. you know, we always talk about uh, there's a little bit of a, too much space between the two sofas, and we always try to create rooms where there isn't, as we call it, the timeout chair, like the person that's sitting so far away from everyone else <laughs> right. that they can't really Hello. be in the conversation. Yeah. So even if it's just a small, low-profile sort of fireside chair or a bench, but creating a space there for you always want to have at least two to three people that can interact mm-hmm. in a more intimate way. Mm-hmm. So um, having a little seat there. Um, one thing I would suggest, her television is in a deep recessed niche above a fireplace. And um, I think with very little effort, she could remedy that. I mean, I think it was probably there from the old days where we had big, fat, bulky televisions and we needed, you know, a nice big, um, you know, cavity to mount them. And now we have, you know, these beautiful one-inch deep flat screens. So, and it looks like that's probably what she has. I would fill that in and mount her television, mm-hmm. you know, hardwire it on the wall. It's just a cleaner, simpler look. And we won't have all that big, those big shadows of that shadow box in the back. Yeah. So um, that's a little bit of a construction project, but not much to it. And then um, that would sort of clean that wall up, so to speak. Um, and then with her sofa that's sort of flying solo there by itself. Under the windows. Yes, uh-huh. under the windows. If we add 
uh, a seat next to it. And then it needs, she's got a very generous cocktail table in front of one sofa. But if we just added- And nothing in front of the other one. Yeah, if she just added one little, you know, almost like it could be a garden stool or some little table, just someplace for that person to put their drink or their magazine or their newspaper, that always tends to draw people in if there's a surface So you're kind of making two seating arrangements. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, So one with a sofa that's oriented to the television and the other one on the other wall, which is a love seat under the windows. That's okay. I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. So in a perfect world with those two, like, should she try to find something? Should she get two chairs that coordinate for either side of the fireplace and maybe move this current chair to another room? Or are you saying or could she, she just some- move this one over by the blue love seat and then add another one with yeah. the other one? Should it be a pair or should they be different? I think if a pair is is in the in the scope, a pair would be great, and um, I love that idea. And the other thing that just um, you know, I've certainly lived in houses and definitely worked on houses with where there's all of these you know um, multiple uh, entryways into them, and they do create um, some space planning struggles just because you have to leave you know a passageway. Right. That you know, one thing I really don't like is weaving in and out of furniture, you know, in, in a space plan. So. She's doing a good job of of that here, but I do notice that um, it the way the furniture has laid out it's require it's 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 needed the, the furniture is asymmetrical in the space. Mm-hmm. So back to the layering rugs, um, she's got sort of a um, Benny Urain style you know Moroccan looking rug in the room, but it really is not filling the room. If she layered a real room size rug underneath that it would unify all those big gaps of flooring Mm -hmm. and make her asymmetry just sort of feel a little less noticeable Mm -hmm. so and when i say room size i'm really meaning pull off maybe eight inches off the wall and really fill the room up with a seagrass or a sisal or some you know quiet rug Uh and inexpensive too yeah and then her existing rug could be layered on top do you think she should do the built-ins on either side of the fireplace? She mentioned that they were going to yeah. do that. I think, you know, if she has things to put in the built-ins. So uh-huh. built-ins are always a great idea. And if you have collections or you have a beautiful library that needs a home, that's great. But just creating bookshelves and then you come up with the the issue of, okay, now what do I put right, in them? Right, have to decorate and them. And so, you know, <laughs> and, and the best thing for books Shelves is books. So, um, you know, a series of picture frames and disparate sort of um, knickknacks are not a good look. It's a cluttered look. (laughs) So bookshelves require very careful styling. And if you don't have a home, if you don't need a home for things, if you're just doing it to fill the room out, just go buy artwork. Right. You know? Um, Or like a pair of great... Like consoles or consoles and a pair of mirrors mirrors or paintings. Yeah, I think that would be fabulous. You're totally right about the space above that TV, though. And I was thinking, I really want to hurt whoever built this. Like well, that cavity. But you're right. That's why it was there. But in my mind, I'm like, what? Who? What? Why? I know. Why is there this empty space? That's an easy thing to fix. Yes. Yes. And then drapery. Do we? I feel like she should put some drapery in there, right? I mean, draperies are such always a softener. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I'm even. So she definitely is going to have a piece of furniture backing up to the curtains. But you know, if we're hanging the curtains way outside of that big bank of windows so that they fall and they're not really blocking light right. and mm-hmm. they're adding, you know, architectural softness and whatever color palette is 
definitely with her ceiling height, they should be hung just under the base of the crown. They should break the floor, and they sh- the, she should use enough fabric so that they can actually shut. <laughs> right. You know, that, that's always... Even like, if you don't shut them. Even if you don't. If you don't use enough fabric to, so that they can shut, curtains just look skimpy. So even if she has to buy multiple panels of whatever. Right. I have one last question. Yes. So if she's going to add two chairs or at least one chair and some drapery, should she be using that as an opportunity to unify kind of the palette or the color in the room? Should should she, you know, if there's a pattern on that panel, should she have some pillows made maybe to go on these sofas or put it on the chair or what, you know, what could what else could bring this all together for her? Yeah, I do. I think she needs to explore, uh, you know, what she's missing in there, uh-huh. you know. And I do think creating your Pinterest boards or your house boards and, and, and going through them and studying them to see – you may think they're all over the map and that there's no connectedness there, but inevitably, I think if she, even if she gets a friend or her husband or somebody to look at them, there's going to be something that is consistent. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that might be where she, the next step she goes to adding color or pattern. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I wouldn't, what I wouldn't put is a very busy, crazy pattern on window treatments uh-huh. because that's the thing we often change the least. Mm-hmm. And, and pattern really is the thing we tire of first. Uh, yeah. So um, put that in pillows on her sofa and stick to something straightforward or very clean geometric or something uh, for her curtains is, I think, going to wear well. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. I love new houses and new yes. moves and stuff. Yeah. So much fun things to do. Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you, Janie, well, for thank helping you. us. You all so, so much. Fun. I loved being here. It's so much fun. I, I wish I could do this all day. I love, <laughs> I love the little problem-solving things, and these are seem easy to do. So, we can email um, you two a we, day. Well, yeah. you, we keep sending them to me. But <laughs> they're fun. Yeah, they are fun. Uh, will you tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good sure. stuff? Sure. Yeah. So um, we are based in Richmond, Virginia. My um, Janie Molster Designs and our website is janiemolsterdesigns.com. It's an easy Google search. And uh, we um, very active on Instagram, not so much on other forums. And I, that's also Janie Molster Designs. So we'd love to hear from you. We There's a email on the website. If you have questions or you want feedback on some of these things, we can certainly reach out to us. And we'd love to hear from you. But um, we love being here. We love Ballard. And it's a treat. Thank, Thank you, Janie. You, you do have a fabulous that. Instagram. Yes. It's no. really great. Yes. Thank you so much. All right, that's our show. Thank you for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. Please send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer it on a future episode. And, of course, check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. We'll link to Janie's Instagram, her website. I can also link to um, those uh, holiday, those, like, Christmas houses that we talked oh, yeah, a little bit about idea. with the mm-hmm. Christmas trees. And follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. Don't forget to enable the how to decorate skill in your Amazon account so you can listen to us from your Alexa. And until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.